Greetings, welcome, and happy holidays from the Tales and Tunes podcast. 2015 is coming to an end, and we've got one more podcast for you to round out the year. And I can't think of no better way than to feature another Iowa-raised DJ. This week's number one track pick is an original by today's guest, Mike Walker, and was released several months ago on the Iowa label Equilibrium Recordings, and is entitled Tune, as a part of his Tune Runner EP. Turn it up. Thank you. 
Thanks for joining us, guys, for this week's episode. This week, we have another Iowa-rooted DJ and producer who has recently relocated to Denver. Smart move. He's been DJing for five years, as well as producing for three. We got a taste of what he's capable of from this week's track pick, and now let's get to know him. Mike Walker, thanks for coming on the podcast, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Glad we got it uh, to finally happen. Yeah, you had to uh, weather the storm driving over here. Uh, we got we had a storm the last night into all fucking day today, and probably I don't know how many, probably like ten inches. Yeah, over, over on my side of town for sure, there was a lot of snow. So yeah, he had to uh, risk his life driving over to uh, make this podcast possible. So <laughs> thanks for doing that, Mike. So yeah, if I'm not mistaken, haven't you recently started your own podcast? Uh, yeah, I uh, just got picked up by F Noob Techno to do a monthly, it's the first Thursday of every month, uh, I call it Front Left Radio, uh, Iowa code, you know, Front Left if you need to find anybody, uh, so that's why I named it that. It's been going well so far, we just did the third episode, and then the fourth one's going to be my uh, live set from New Year's, so I'm looking forward to putting that up. Excellent. Um, yeah, so being in Denver now, any any gigs recently since you've been uh, here? Out here, I'm booked for Denver Winter Showcase this coming spring, uh, but so far, I the day I moved out here, me and uh, Peter Board did farmhands together at Milk Bar on a Thursday night, kind of impromptu. But other than that, I've just been kind of uh, wait, waiting for my time to shine out here so far. Yeah, for sure. How do you like in Denver, then? Uh, it's great. The best move I ever made, no doubt. The music scene's great out here, good people, great weather, other than tonight. But, um, <laughs> How long have you been here now, then? Uh, we got out here last week of August, so about three, four months now. Okay, right on. Cool, yeah. Well, uh, it's uh, mid-December right now, and uh, we're looking forward to, uh, in two days, actually, uh, the release of Star Wars is coming out. and uh, So stoked. <laughs> us and uh, we've got like eight of us going to one of the biggest and craziest ETX theaters in, in Colorado. Yeah, so. don't the seats recline or something like that? Yeah, they're Lazy Boy recliners, and the armrest lifts up so you can uh, make it a love seat. Nice. And, yeah, it's all like mechanical and... Yeah, it's, it's going to be so legit, dude. I'm super excited. Uh, but, but besides that, uh, in more relative news these days, uh, just updating from uh, our last guest, uh, Fiat Lux, and uh, we, we talked at uh, length about Echo House, and uh, recently they had a party there. I think, yeah, it was a crowd pleaser was throwing yeah. a party there, yeah. and it was the first time the cops came in and said something about turning the music down and uh i guess they got ticketed and the they, landlord had enough so yeah the like, landlord that's too bad man that place was something special they just got that function one in there too mm-hmm. that, was, that place was a lot of fun it sounds uh like like we were talking about earlier they got a new place lined up though so yeah that's i'm excited to see it they've been saying it's it's a good new spot but yeah, since that place opened, it was almost something every weekend. So. Yeah, I mean, that's where, if I went out, for the most part, that was where I ended up, you know? I mean, it went all night. You didn't have to go from one place and leave for another place. You could just spend your whole night there. It was nice. Yeah, heck yeah. So, hopefully, uh, yeah, things will go smooth and Echo House will be up in a new and better and... I certainly could have a better location. It's probably my only complaint yeah, about the last I, one. But. Yeah, I just I, I hate having beta be the only place for techno lately right now. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. kind of rough on me. I don't I don't like spending every weekend at beta. Yeah, getting into shows for free with a function one. I'm kind of over it. Right, I know, right? Never, never thought I'd see the day. Right now, I'm spoiled rotten. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. 
Cool, man. Well, uh, let's rewind a little bit and uh, get to know a little bit about your past and, and stuff. So, well, where were you born? I mean, obviously we said you're from Iowa, but... Yeah, I was actually born in Duluth, Minnesota, uh, and I moved to Iowa when I was four years old, a town called Holstein, and that's where I lived until I graduated from high school. I went to Galva Holstein Community High School. We were the Pirates back then. Now it's like the... Ridgeview Raptors or something like that. Like all the towns in the whole area are one big school now, I guess. <laughs> okay, so Holstein, where is that? Um, it is 45 minutes straight east of Sioux City. Um, it was about a four-hour drive from Iowa City to Holstein. Okay, so people who are not familiar with Iowa's layout, uh, Sioux City is on the border, on the west, west border of yeah, Iowa. Nebraska, Iowa, and South Dakota. Yeah, yeah, right up. Right up in the corner. And uh, so, really, eastern Iowa and western Iowa, I mean, might as well be different states. Oh, yeah. Like, no it's, doubt. It's, it's, it's the four hours of separation and, yeah, li- little interaction between uh, the scene. I mean, it, it happened. I mean, yeah, well, looking just, back at old shows. Yeah, stuff, definitely. But. but I think that was before in my time, really, because I was not aware of any uh, electronic music scene in the Sioux City area. And there still is a small one, but not for what the population of that city is. It's But, you know, there's just there's nowhere to play. You know, they, mm-hmm. they don't want it there. So it's, it's hard to get something started there. It's a little more hick, I think. The, Definitely. The further west you go, it's without like, a doubt. It's, from my eastern Iowa, everything past Des Moines is Nebraska, as far as I'm concerned. Hick, yeah, and then even Colorado, eastern Colorado is super hick, and then yeah. you get Denver, the promise. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, everything between Des Moines and Denver is Nebraska. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so you grew, were in Holstein uh, and through high school and everything yep. too. You said, yep. okay. Um, what, so what kind of, growing up, what kind of music were you into? Or did you have a, a sibling or a dad that you looked up to? Uh, honestly, my cousins, I had a couple older cousins that were like five and six years older than me. And the first stuff they showed me was like um, anything from like Metallica to the first like ICP records. Just they were, they had a very eclectic eighth grader taste of music and they lived in a bigger town. And so that would be my access to music. So I had pretty bad taste in music until I got the internet. (laughs) And then I started getting more into like punk rock and like skate music. Way into skateboarding when I was in high school. That was my big thing. Cool, cool. And just to make it clear, what what year did you graduate then? 2005. 2005. I, I thought you were a little younger than that. Nope. Just the year I, after I graduated. Yeah, I tur- I mean, I turned 18 two days before I graduated. But. Okay, gotcha. All right, so yeah, once you hit high school, did you play any instruments? Yeah, how, I, percussion. How? I was a drummer. I got a, we were in a jazz band, pet band, all that kind of stuff. Uh, basically, if, you, if I did that, I didn't have to do, it got me out of like PE or something like that for like the last like three years, and PE was just dodgeball and flexing muscles and it wasn't really my thing so mm-hmm. I uh, would just go to band practice as often as possible and just learn I learned a bunch of extra instruments too but I was there for drums for sure right on do, do you have to do marching band yeah uh, playing marching band? I the freshman year I got the cymbals you got the cymbals yeah. so you didn't have to march uh, no I had to march and oh, they do the crash cymbals <laughs> oh, yeah uh, uh, and then uh, 
but by the time my junior and senior year, I did the tri toms, which was the one that I got to stand up front and show off. So, oh yeah, that's what I got uh, junior and senior year. But I was big bass drum. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Fucking marching band was like the worst part of high school. I swear exactly. To God, Without a doubt, and then you see like the like kids that go for college that like that is their they, they live and breathe yeah. marching band, and it's just like man, I wonder what's what your no. high school life was like. So you're you played the drums. Uh, were you in any bands then too? Uh, the first band I was in was like my senior year, and we were like a screamo metal band, and I was a screamer. Uh, and then I played guitar in a couple random bands, um, but that in high school, yeah, no, I didn't ever really do anything serious. It was mostly just we'd find a a garage or a barn to play our music really loud in, and that's where we would throw our shows. <laughs> right on. Uh, so, what kind of music were you into at the time? Uh, mostly like metal, hardcore, punk, just anything, anything heavy, loud, aggressive. Mm. Um, like I said, I was. The uh, skateboard videos really shaped my music taste back then because that uh, well just any I would just buy like the the, all the board companies and shoe companies put out videos and their the soundtracks on those would be all you know new shit I had never heard before so that really that really curbed my taste for a long time because that was my exposure to music before I was you had high speed internet and Pandora and all those other ways to find music you know yeah absolutely do you remember what the first thing you ever downloaded. For free was like on Napster. Oh, did you use man. Napster? Yes, I definitely used Napster. <laughs> uh, I man, it had to been something super terrible, like Limp Biscuit or you know. I think I hope I hope it was Metallica. Honestly, I, I hope was... that's what it was. Like I hope I was the one who brought down Napster with that one Metallica <laughs> yeah. download. But I, I, think, I don't remember. I think mine was uh, Slim Shady. Oh, that sounds about <laughs> right. That sounds right about, about that right. time. <laughs> So when did you discover electronic music then? Uh, I was actually a little late to the game. Uh, it wasn't until, I think, 2009, maybe, 2008, somewhere in there, uh, I started being around the scene in Cedar Rapids. Uh, I started just randomly ending up at shows or house parties. Like Dylan Newton, if anybody from Iowa knows him. I was living in Cedar Rapids at the time. Oh, okay. This I before I lived in Iowa City, like back in two thousand five after I graduated, I lived in Cedar Rapids, then Cedar Falls, then back to Cedar Rapids. So I've been around the area for quite a while. I just didn't run into the scene until later. Um, oh, okay. But I actually met Dylan Newton and Kyle Sump for any Iowa people uh, at a random house party at Kirkwood in Cedar Rapids, and that was like my first like hands-on exposure to DJing and they were stuff playing? like they were playing. They were playing at a house party, and they were just set up in a corner with you know just like some random like house speakers and an X One and a little two channel Newmark mixer, I think. And I was just amazed it was the coolest thing i'd ever seen and that was kind of my first exposure but the first you know what they were playing oh oh man i feel like it was it wasn't as bad as i want to think it was but i definitely i think they were playing like some tech house or something like that i remember um kyle sump was even might have been playing a little more electro stuff back then it was dylan was audiomatic back then i remember that (laughs) that's funny yeah so from there uh did you go to? How did you get more into the electronic music? Was I'm a monster. Party? The first I'm a monster was the first party I personally remember being like a holy crap moment for me with with electronic music. I'd never seen something on that scale or with, and that was up at the Opera House. 
And it was, I think I'd been to the Cabana Club a couple times at that point, and, you know, I'd seen, which Cabana Club got crazy bookings, like Acid Reyes played there, and like, oh, yeah. of back in the day. And, but, you know, in that moment, I, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know who they were, which would made it even more fun for me, I think, at the time. But yeah, I'm a Monster was the first party that really, like, boom, really hit me as, wow, this is something I'm about now. Yeah. You know, well, it was more, more or less just entertainment right for it. Oh man, it was. I think Bombardier Bomba- was it. Yeah, Bar- Bombardier. 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 However you say it, I think he was the headliner that year. Mm-hmm. It was Kyle Geiger, the second year, and then DVS won the third for the third one, I think. Because I'm trying to think if that was the one I played at. Or not. I played at. I played at. See, I, I think, think I'm I a monster, yeah. and then I'm, I'm a monster too. Yeah, because yeah, that's, that's right. where I met you. Yeah, that's right. I, I met you at, at that one. Oh shit! I didn't even remember that. <laughs> So from there, yeah, how'd you get involved? Uh, just started being around, going to parties, uh, meeting people. I didn't actually really get into the DJing stuff until 2010. I uh, ended up moving back home over by Sioux City. And when I moved home, I ended up getting some gear and started DJing and like learning basically from the ground up with phone calls and YouTube, figuring out how to do it. I called Dylan Newton a whole lot, asking him questions about Tractor. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty much how I got my start. Just I, I was around enough until I couldn't just sit there and watch anymore. I had to figure out a, more of a way to participate. Mm-hmm. So I got it, got into the gear and got started. Right on. So what was your first official DJ setup? Honestly, very similar to what I still have now. The original computer and X1 are still... I still have the same X1 and computer that I've had for five years, which that computer definitely needs to go. Uh, but I have a... I had a... Native Instruments, like DJ Audio 8, I think, was my sound card. And then a Newmark... S, what was it, NX6 or something, some kind of just two-channel mixer, X6 maybe, and it was just, it's like a $300 mixer that was like half off through Guitar Center or something. I basically got my computer, controller, sound card, and mixer for a thousand bucks, and that was how I got myself in and got started. And like I said, other than the sound card, I pretty much have <laughs> the same setup. The mixer got stolen. I haven't had a mixer since. I got, uh... I got jaded and never bought one again. Best thing that ever happened to me, though, because it made me start producing. I couldn't DJ. So, hey, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool way to think about it. When you moved back in 2010 to Western uh, Western Iowa, did you get get involved in shows out there? Or, um, it or wasn't people? until... I think I was out there for a couple of years. Like 2012, maybe, was the first time that... I was invited to play anywhere or even knew there was anything going on. Um, I was driving to Des Moines and Cedar Rapids and Iowa City to play shows whenever I could get them, you know, not making crap for money off of them, but it was just the only opportunities I had to play shows, and that's where my friend circle was. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, Sioux City has always kind of been slow. There's one bar that does free parties, no cover. And, you know, you get a bar crowd. You don't get, like, a real directed crowd normally. Um, mm-hmm. They have one big event out there every summer called Basin Backyard River Regatta, which is the soul-saving grace of that part of the state because that party is wild. It's, it gets bigger and bigger every year. 
Um, it's just, it's all usually, the first year it was just two city DJs. Now we have like Des Moines, Iowa City people that we bring out. Mm-hmm. And we just set up the biggest sound system we can find. And it's all on a private campground. It's, music goes for three straight days. It's a yeah. good time. Yeah, I was supposed to play that last year, and we're gonna try and get you on this some, next one. Something happened, we're but so- I heard this was it this year that was a fucking hurricane. That oh came yeah, through? oh yeah, dude. <laughs> that was uh, yeah. I mean, everybody's got a war story for if if you were at that party for sure, because like the a massive storm came through there. Tornado sirens going off, power lines going down, and it was just a bunch of people in tents and like and in their cars just. Hide, holding on for dear life, but we all survived, and it made it made us all it made us all a lot tougher afterwards, for sure. <laughs> right on. Uh, when did you you moved back to Iowa City then? Yep, uh, it was December two thousand thirteen is when I finally got moved back. Um, I basically had just got fed up with being in Northwest Iowa. <laughs> Wanted to get back in the mix. Um, I was still I I was still going through some legal, like probation stuff, so I had to kind of coordinate my move. That's why it took me so long to get back out there. But um, once that was all taken care of, yeah, I got back there as soon as I could. And funny enough, I played a show the day I moved there too. When I, the day I moved to Iowa City, I played with uh, Matt Rissy and Jade Mustafa, I believe, at the Summit upstairs oh, in man. Iowa City. It was uh, it was a party that Tim Tinkle was doing, and the, uh, that I moved in that day, and then I just got all my stuff into my apartment, couldn't even set it up, and just had to run down to the summit and get set up and open. <laughs> so I guess I'm kind of making a tradition to make sure that I play a show whenever I move everywhere. Yeah, wouldn't mind awesome. keeping that alive. Yeah. <laughs> so any highlight gigs over the? I mean, uh, any of that oh, time frame in yeah, Iowa? man. Uh, I'm a monster. Was it the th- third one? Was it the? Th- I think it was the third one that we had. They had the second room. Yeah, yeah, and that one. Uh, and Dylan Newton booked that stage, and he got me in on there, and I got to play at like two a.m. I Wait. think I think Rissy was playing on the main stage, and at that point I was playing electro house. So I just threw just the crunchiest electro house music I had because I wanted to play techno. I was I was getting into it, but I didn't want to go up against somebody that had been doing it, you know, ever since they started. Yeah. I wasn't at I wasn't at that level yet. Um, but that was a big show for me. I got open for Truncate for Techno Revolution 2, uh, oh, Valentine's yeah, Day in 2014. That. that was awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of good ones. You know, I hate to take away from any of them, but uh, it's it's definitely the longer I've been doing it, the better and more fun the shows have got, which, I mean, I would think that's the way it's supposed to be, but it's it's been the truth. I have more and more fun every time I go out there. Yeah, hell yeah. Along this timeline, when did you start producing uh my first record came out in what was it january of 2014 and i would say i started actually maybe like seriously a year before that i had dabbled in fruity loops a little bit like as you know like in high school and just made little hip-hop beats but i never actually tried to do anything with it until like i said my mixer got stolen after about two years of djing i just came home one day and it just wasn't there and I've what never, kind of mixer was it? It was a Newmark. I like. I think it was like Newmark X6 or something like that. It was just a simple two channel. Two channel. You know, I had my three EQ knobs on for each side. Um, real basic, but it you know it worked for what I was doing, and it had me in the music. I could mix. Mm-hmm. And then one day I came home and it was gone, and I pouted and bitched and moaned for a couple weeks. Never, never found it. And then finally, I just 
had to figure out another way to get it out of me because that was my outlet was DJing. So I started, I got into Fruity Loops and just started clicking around and I had Ableton on my computer too, but I knew a little bit about Fruity Loops. So I went that route and I'm glad I did because now like I have a great understanding of it and it kind of sets me apart from a lot of people it seems these days. It's an Ableton heavy world, which isn't an issue. It's just that was, I used to be what people gave me crap for, you know, and now it's what people are like, oh, wow, you made that on Fruity Loops? Yeah, So yeah. It's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> that is so true, man. Uh, how, how has your production evolved over the years? Oh, man, my workflow has got leaps and bounds better. Uh, you know, it's the same with DJing. I self, kind of self-taught myself with production. It was YouTube videos, whatever I could find. Uh, feedback, just what I online. I honestly didn't really get to sit down with anyone that used FL Studio until I moved to Iowa City, and then I started working with Tyler Holst a little bit, who is an insanely talented producer mm-hmm. on the house side and the deep dub with his FM synthesis stuff. That dude's amazing, uh, and that's somebody I picked up a lot from. So, and along but along the way, it's developed. Anytime I sit with anybody, I'll see something they do, and it's gets the same result as something I do, but my way is usually really convoluted and a clusterfuck, but it's the way I figured out how to do it. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I'll see people do, like, just, like, three clicks, and they have something done, and I'm just like, no way! I can't believe it. But at the same time, like, it instantly, I just grow that much more right in that moment, because then I, that that cuts ten minutes of, of bull crap I used to have to do into three clicks, and then... Yeah. You know, so it's nice to learn, but I I would hate to be the one to be asked to teach anybody though, because I you know I know my way of doing it, and that's really all I got. Mm-hmm. So how many songs have you had released? Ooh, Jesus, I've, that's I would venture to guess I have probably between remixes and originals like thirty out over the last two years, um, give or take. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, 2014, I did a. T- ton of remixes there was i had an opportunity through a label that uh evan touts et for iowa people Ooh. well i guess portland chicago yeah. everybody knows him <laughs> uh, but uh he actually gave me the in on the seed which was the label that i've done i think two or three uh original eps for and then a ton of remixes and the way they had it set up is they would put the stems out and if you wanted to remix it you know get it in and they'll put it out if it's good so i just took every opportunity to grow and learn um, and that, so I put out a lot of stuff that first year I kind of got on the map and then this year I've slowed way down. I think I have, I think I put out maybe two or three remixes officially and then like two EPs this year, mm-hmm. my, uh, Equilibrium one and then one for Aerotech. So, um, yeah, I would say 30, sort of long story short. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you kind of mentioned that how they hand out the stems and then you send in the remix if it's good. Uh, but how... How are there other ways of getting your tracks picked up by labels? Or? Oh, well, yeah, to get into those situations, you have to be in the circle already, you know, and and to do that, it's just either through knowing somebody or just submitting, you know what I mean? I find that once I got into the first label, it was a lot easier to talk to other labels because you find that a lot of guys are in the same circles or have connections to the same mm. circles. You know, a, one label manager will re- make a record for another one. They'll trade releases and stuff like that. And you just slowly, your circle gets bigger and it just gets easier to work with people. Like the seed, I have a, I have an open contract with them. Anything I send them, they'll release because they trust in me now. And like they're, you know, they've, they're all, I'm consistently putting out quality material for them. So, uh, you know, opportunities like that just 
you gotta you just gotta work for them. Gotta talk to people. Gotta ask. Like legitimately, you just gotta ask. Like, mm. how do I? You know, what do I gotta do? You know, how do I get a remix? How can I get you a record? And you know, if people are interested and want to give you the time of day, they will. Otherwise, if they don't, so be it. You know, I've had a lot of doors slammed in my face, no responses, but it's all part of the game. You know what I mean? It doesn't bring me down. It like, if anything, it get you know, it aims me up to be like, all right. If they, they don't like this, uh, you know, I'll show them. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's, and it's yeah. a good mentality to have. Like, it's not a bitter mentality. It's a, all right, if that ain't good enough, like, I'll just do something better. Like, I can do better. Just yeah. be, it's, it's, it's been fun. Dude, I, I, it's kind of funny. I, I heard something on a, a Joe Rogan podcast recently about uh, Harold Ramis. I guess Harold Ramis was supposed to be on Saturday Night Live. And something went sour and, like... They, they weren't going to take him, and he said, I'll fucking show you. And then he comes out with Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day, right. Caddyshack. Like, I mean, the list goes on and on, you know, just like that whole... Oh, yeah, dude. You, I'll just fucking show you. Exactly. <laughs> and I've had... And I... I I was recently rejected by a label, and I was kind of I was kind of bummed about it because I thought the track really fit. And I told a, a friend, and he said, man, you know, think of all those people who got told that are... Doing, doing, doing their thing now. They got told no forever, mm-hmm. you know. And that's the motivation, man. Just because it's not right for somebody doesn't mean it's not right. And yeah. that was a part of what I had to learn to like be confident in my production. Mm-hmm. Is like people, you know, I couldn't. Can't, you can't please everybody, you know. Make the music, throw what you know, be good at what you do, and make that. And don't try to please other people because it's never going to go the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Uh. Y- one thing I wanted to say too. Uh, one thing I've always liked about you is that you've uh, you've never had a top of the line friggin' like computer, oh, with, yeah. like full power, <laughs> like your headphones. It's always something. your headphones are like half working Beat uh, by Dre's uh, at one point. I remember, and like the speakers, you'd be like, "All right, check out this track, man." Be at your place, and it'd be like this fucking little oh, speaker. Yeah, yeah but man. like you, you still manage to create fucking badass music and. You've never your creative drive and your talent has been so strong enough that you just make it work. Like no matter what like fucking setup you've ever had. Like I mean, kind of parallel to me. Like I for the longest time there was actually gigs where like I no, remember those CDJs. No, yeah, nobody I remember would, them. Nobody would have CD. Nobody had CDJs anymore, and like I'd have to use my like pieces of shit. One's like a Stanton that I've had since I started, and then the other ones. A smaller pioneer and like one of the tricks i'd have to do it at, at literally at shows like in Flip front of like hundreds of people i'd have to like lean my stanton on its side like it was a nintendo or something <laughs> like please work please read the cd <laughs> and it would read like all right now all i can right, go we're good you feel like you're like diffusing a bomb or something oh yeah and, and <laughs> time is ticking this has to work oh yeah and there's there's it, amazingly enough, like I've never had a catastrophic failure like during a set. I've definitely had like moments leading up to where like the computer will not start. Uh, just I've had some, but like once I get it going, I've never had it like have a meltdown on me in the middle of a set. Thank God, um, because that would definitely be the last time I ever used it. But I think yeah. that's why I've now anymore. It's just kind of like keeping the party going. You know what I mean? Like me and this thing have been. This computer has been my my everyday everything computer for half a decade now. Like, I just it's hard to say goodbye. Oh yeah. I just man. got a Tupac sticker put on the back of it. Like I'm just not ready to let go. Yeah, yeah. The thing will hang on the wall. One day, <laughs> right. You know. 
All right, so yeah, you've uh, recently moved to Denver. Um, when when was that? Uh, August twenty fifth of this, this year. year. Yeah, so yeah, so just a couple months. Yeah. Here. Uh, what made you want to move here? Um, honestly, I kind of had the opportunity to go wherever, and I bought a few different places. Uh, Portland was high on my list too, um, but it was just after visiting out here, like it, the scene, like. It was 100% for the music for me. That's why I was shopping around, was mm-hmm. trying to find the right music scene. And out here, like, there's so much talent and there's so much going on, but it's accessible, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, as as a fan and as a DJ, like, you can meet people, you know, you can you can get in the circles. Like, people welcome you in. You can make friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, some other cities, I didn't really feel that when I went and visited. You know what I mean? I felt like I was a stranger from out of town, mm-hmm. like, in somebody else's scene, you know, and oh, yeah. every time I've been out, I came out to Denver and visited. That wasn't how it felt at all. And uh, then my girlfriend, she, uh, she's a surgery vet tech, and she had an interview out here after Together, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that Monday after Together, she went and did that interview, and she was offered the job. So I mean, it was pretty much a done deal for us at that point. She had a job, you know, doing what she loves, and I could go wherever I wanted. Weekend. Oh, that was that was a weekend, man, because I, I I flew out a few days beforehand and spent some time out here with a uh, friend Ben Grunig, Loki, and uh, so it was. And then she drove out with Seth and Drew, and then we all rode back together um, after together. Uh, but yeah, and she when she had the job offer in tow, so yeah, it was it was a great trip. That was that was and that was kind of my Denver debut, you know, like nobody here had. Heard really heard of me other than Iowa people, so it was pretty cool to get the opportunity to play all original music and kind of you know put my stamp on things. Yeah, I put you, I put you at uh, what like nine o'clock nine on the o'clock second night. Saturday. It was great sun, sundown, and yeah. yeah, I got a great response. I that was that whole weekend was awesome experience. Fuck yeah! <laughs> uh, how's the transition been? Uh, you know. Living in a the, a big big city now uh, versus Iowa. I you know I was I was ready for it, man. Like I've always felt like the you know a, a city environment, an urban environment is where I belong. I was always in when I was in Holstein. I knew that that was not for me. That was not where I was gonna end up. And uh, you know, to each their own. Like I got a lot of friends that stayed in that area, uh, but it just was not. I wanted, I wanted bigger. I wanted bigger things, hustle and bustle. Mm. You know, I wanted, I don't know, culture mainly. Uh, and um, yeah, it's been it's been an awesome adjustment so far here. Um, I, I knew what I was getting into for the most part. Like I said, after visiting out here, but it's definitely it hasn't disappointed in any way, which has been awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think you're totally right on what you said earlier, too, that, like, some cities, like, they're just not inviting. Like, they don't feel like they have a scene or a, a collection of people. Like, Chicago f- does not feel like, I mean, I, although I know about them, like, I know there's a good burner scene and sure. stuff along that lines, but, like, there's nothing like what they have in Minneapolis or, right. like, in Denver. Right. Like, th- those are, like... Two seasons, right? And St. St. Louis is the same way. There's a lot of really good, you know, small family. Crews. I just, I just had such a hard time getting, getting any, getting any traction or like being able to meet people in a lot of the cities around Iowa. You know, St. Louis, Chicago, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. You know, some do have some really awesome scenes, but I just couldn't. 
I, I couldn't get a foot in the door. And, you know, I didn't want to move somewhere where I was, you know, going to be on the outside looking in. No offense to anyone there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mean like that at all. Like, I just saw the opportunity to, like, get right in. You know, I know people mm-hmm. here. Um, I have friends like like you that have been starting to be really successful out here. So, you know, it seemed like a seemed like the right place to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely more of a melting pot here. I mean, location. I mean, everybody's from somewhere else. Yeah, here, it exactly. Seems like. Yeah, it's 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 odd to find uh, a born local, and raised, yeah, yeah, a native as they call them. Uh, but yeah, the scene out here is pretty freaking great, man. Um, what shows have you been to since you've been out here? Oh man, I've I've been. We did uh, Great American Techno Festival. We caught a couple nights of that. Um, I saw Nicole at uh, Beta. That was awesome. Cian was the night before at Echo House. A mm-hmm. um, lot of lot of great local shows too, man. Like there's there, the talent is deep out here. You know what I mean? There's a lot of there's a lot of people that can really throw the, the fuck down. Um, a lot of crews. Too. Yeah, definitely. Which is it interesting to me. You know what I mean? Like I guess when we had Equilibrium like back home, like that was a crew, but we didn't really think about it like that. Like it was an all inclusive kind of crew, you know what I mean? And like out here, I don't know, it's just everybody's with somebody. Which, mm-hmm. you know, it's cool, it all works out and they, they work together and throw shows together, which is cool, but it's just I don't know, I I don't wanna I don't wanna like have to claim claim a team, you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Like I just kinda came out here to do my own thing, work with everybody. So mm-hmm. Have you done anything else besides uh, going to shows? Out oh, here? yeah, awesome. for sure. Do you ski the, or snowboard? Uh, I have not yet. Oh my God. We, I, you and I have talked about it before, and it's definitely something I want to do, uh, but I, it's also an investment. Uh, so I don't know if we might, I might try and get out here maybe after the new year and just mm. rent some equipment or something, see if I can borrow something from somebody. I get discount tickets for friends too. Okay, cool. Yeah. So. Well, cause it's definitely something I'm interested in. Emily doesn't, not so much. She's not so excited about it. <laughs> I'm dragging uh, but, this but I mean, you know, I've, I, with skateboarding and wakeboarding and stuff like that, like I feel like I'll at least be able to get some sort of a. Uh, be able to cross over easy. I just haven't ever really tried. The only yeah. snowboarding I ever if, did if was you just skateboard. You're probably gonna be fucking hooked, man. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm there really to... isn't anything that comes uh, comes close on a powder day. Oh god, yeah. you just start. You're by yourself and you just, you're fucking yelling like <laughs> fucking love life. Yeah. Just, whew, 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 whew. No, I look, I look forward to it's it. Awesome. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm definitely excited about it. We yeah, haven't done any of that yet. Like the zoo, we we caught the zoo before uh, before it got cold out. And uh, I mean, I don't know. Like Omaha, Omaha has like one of the best zoos in the country. So like to get to come to like another big ass zoo, mm-hmm. I was always so disappointed when I went other places because Omaha is such an awesome yeah. zoo. And you'd go to other cities and you're like, this is bullshit. They got one tiger and a fucking midget giraffe. Like, this is, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, so it was cool to see. Uh, I haven't been to the aquarium yet. That's something I really want to do. I haven't either, man. Uh, but a lot. Yeah, but we've been doing. Uh, I, me and my girlfriend, you know, foodies, craft beer, you know, that kind of stuff. We love that. So we've been doing a lot of uh, checking out restaurants, taco trucks. I've I hit every taco truck I haven't ate at before, if at all possible. I found some great ones in the city. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. There's more more to do than you can shake a stick at out here you know what i mean like even if music isn't your thing like you're inundated with opportunities to do awesome things which mm. you know is not always the case elsewhere not a lot of fat people out here either. no not at all <laughs> 
What's been the biggest adjustments for you? Um, it, I think like dis- distance. Like, to drive places, you know? Like, my girlfriend works 25 minutes from her place. It was with the snow. Like, took me, what, 40 minutes to go over here. Um, and it's that's not even that big of an adjustment because growing up, you was this all small town, so you had to drive 20 minutes, half hour to go to another town. You know what I mean? 45 minutes to nearest Walmart my entire life. So it's not that huge, but it's, like, in Iowa City, like, everything's in its own little pocket. Cedar Rapids is the same way, you know? There's everything you're close to everything no matter where you are so yeah, yeah. that that's been an adjustment and uh yeah like nine dollar beer night is not within my budget at all out here. It, it is it is expensive to take your girlfriend out for the night out here i, I never knew you know what i mean i was city being a college town everything's so cheap there and then you come here and, and that's even pricey for iowa right like, yeah iowa exactly yeah exactly <laughs> You know, I remember, you know, small town, small town bar, it's, you can't, you can't spend more than $5 if you try, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, something that's like super trippy is, especially up kind of like where you live in that northern, uh, northwestern kind of part of Denver, if you get like a clear shot where you can look like totally south of town, you can see Pikes Peak, like from here, and that's where Colorado Springs is. That's literally like looking from Iowa City and being like, "Oh, that's where Waterloo is." Like, <laughs> that's Man, how far you can that see. You have, so have to show me that. Beer. Yeah, it's just like it's directly south from my. Like, just look south, and like there's a peak in the distance. And there's you're like, a, oh, that's where Colorado Springs is. I gotta. There's. I'm not much of a hiker because I'm a smoker, but. Uh, I, there's definitely, I've been noticing on the drives, there's some mountaintops that like look super cool to me that I need to mark out and that'll eventually be my, that'll be my fucking way to get in shape, huh? Quit smoking cigarettes and start climbing mountains. 14ers, yeah. (laughs) All right, now we've come to the best and worst section of the podcast where we go over a couple different best and worst experiences of your life. Uh... The first one being, what has been the best concert, set, or musical experience or someone you saw live? What was oh, the man. best and worst? What worst could be the most disappointing you like were so excited to see and they were terrible? Oh, yeah. Who was uh, worst was, what was the name of those, the group that broke out? They played their final show on main stage this year. It's a black dude and the white dude together. Uh, Soul Clap? No. no, 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 it's the other one. Art Department. Art Department. That was a major in Detroit, letdown. Right? Yeah, in Detroit, okay. our movement. Dude, that was a major fucking letdown. They were they were trying there it was a vinyl set and it was supposed to be their final set as a group and like they were shit in the bed the whole time. And uh, one guy was wasted. Right? Yeah, well, which that I guess I mean, rumor all, has it yeah, that's why that's they're breaking why up. They're breaking up. Yeah, yeah, it's cuz he gets so hit, but uh, either way, yeah, that was majorly disappointing. Um, but uh, that same festival, Oliver Dollar, which I don't know if anybody's familiar, but that dude is his set on main stage. I think it was day two, maybe, was easily the highlight of all movement festival for me, and one of the best sets I've ever been a part of. Just, I mean, I am kind of a fanboy, like I've been bumping his shit forever, but um, just. It was just, it was early in the day, and, like, there was almost nobody there. Like, main stage was almost empty, and it was, like, for me, you know what I mean? Like, it was, the, the set was, like, I, I was right in the middle, and, like, I didn't have to compete for space with anybody, and that was an awesome experience, for sure. 
yeah. But yeah, most I'd say most of my best and worst are probably either I'm a monster like I already talked about or movement. Just because movement is on such an epic scale. Mm-hmm. You know? Like that, the sound, you don't hear anything close to it the rest of the year, you know? Mm-hmm. For that, I mean, 36 hours is just like right. the best. <laughs> yeah, it, it rules. So, Detroit would be your favorite festival what was the worst festival experience Ooh, you ever had let's see i i mean having to survive that hurricane at regatta this year was <laughs> i mean it was good and bad like mm-hmm. i mean we were legitimately scared for my life and yeah. for the 400 people that were out there just yeah. hoping for the best but uh but it ended up being awesome i'm trying to really think of a bad experience i'd never done much for Fest like big festivals outside of movement. I haven't really checked out much of anything else. Um, so I guess I mean maybe it's a blessing that I don't really have any horror stories per mm-hmm. se. You know what I mean? Like so far, like this last year, we stayed like way down East Jefferson in Detroit at the Regency, which is in a rough part of town. And that was kind of rolling the dice. Could have been bad, and it went great. <laughs> went went so good that I booked four rooms the day we got back this year. But, mm-hmm. And that worked out. That's something that worked out good. But yeah, so far so good on bad experiences. Yeah, I'm I'm sad about this this next year in Detroit because uh, we've stayed at the oh, Holiday yeah, Inn Express. Yeah, Holiday Inn Express every year. And my best friend Jimmy, the way we we get our rooms for like 120 a night, which is like more than 50 percent off. It's right. like fucking ridiculous. And he he gets a HP code like the company hp hiltward packard and we make fake business cards we've never actually had to use them but, but you have them on deck yeah in case they're like <laughs> in case the call you have proof? yeah like <laughs> yeah i have six people staying with me all dressed in rave attire for right, three days HP. of course of course we're on here HP's for a business dime. meeting <laughs> but yeah this year they they've cracked down and they said no discounts are allowed no coops rooms are like 260 a night so it's like oh yeah man. i think we're paying i think i'm paying 70 a night yeah and i got four so rooms awesome. at the regency that's so awesome yeah we man we've we've stayed there for like five years in a row so now well, it's like, i just had a bed open up so if you guys yeah. don't have other plans holler at your boy yeah i'm thinking i'm thinking most likely, I mean, it's, it's cheap as fuck. <laughs> and it's, saying, not, it's, it's still walking distance, honestly. Oh, yeah, it is, definitely. Uh-huh. But they have a free shuttle. Like, we'll pick you up and drop you off at the front. Yeah. We'll take you to Afty's. Like, it's, he, works on, he works on tips and joints. It's great. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, and uh, the last of the best and worst, what's the best set, best and worst sets you've ever played? Oh, okay. Um, best set for me, personally would have to be 515 Alive this year. Um, it was kind of the culmination of, you know, the last five years in Iowa, what I've been working on, working towards. And when you get in as a DJ, like, your first 515, oh, man, I just want to get on that stage. And then you get on there, and you're like, oh, I just want to play after dark now. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, th- this year being two nights, like, we had the opportunity to have, you know, a lot more people involved and... To, I got to play the headlining slot on the first night for our equilibrium stage, and that was just such an amazing experience. Like you know, like I said, it was everything I'd I'd worked towards up until that moment was to get into a position like that, and I played so well. And I just remember being so like one hundred percent drained after I was done physically, emotionally, like just like I just kind of collapsed on the mixer for like ten minutes after I was done. Like it was an awesome experience. Oh, yeah. And worst would have to be, 
Oh, man. I'd say my birthday, 2012, I was supposed to play at Gabe's. And it was... Electricity was playing with me, Dan Jewell and uh, Aaron Tang. And I can't remember who was opening. Uh, I apologize if they're listening. <laughs> uh, but I... Uh, I came to Cedar Rapids the night before, stayed with some friends, and ran through all my stuff, Had made sure all my equipment was good to go, all my tracks were sorted and everything, and then we got to the show, and my computer would just not go past the opening screen on Windows. Refused. Pulled the battery, hard restart, you know, anything and everything I could possibly think of, and they could not get that computer to turn there. on. <laughs> and so Electricity ended up getting to play for like four hours, because my <laughs> shit wouldn't start <laughs> And I just, it just, and finally I gave up. And I remember, I remember, yeah. And I, and I just, people kept buying me shots. All right, have another, have another drink. So I'm just getting wasted trying to fix my computer. Exactly, dude. And then finally my computer wouldn't work. And I remember, I remember getting off stage and kicking a trash can over. And Liz Alonzi came up to me and she said, just because your computer doesn't work doesn't mean you get to be an asshole. And I felt immediately bad right after that, and we and me and her picked up the cans, and I remember that vividly because I had my little, I had my little, it's my party, I'll cry if I want to moment, and I immediately got put in check. And by the way, congratulations, Liz Lanzi. She just won some uh, sailing competition like in Thailand. Oh my yeah, she God. got first place. Yeah, she left Australia to go to Thailand to sail, and she got on a crew and won first place in a, Holy shit. In a race. Yeah, so if you're hearing this, woo, woo. way to go. I want to tag her in this. Right. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. All right. Uh, yeah, before we wrap this up, uh, kind of a random question, but is there any crazy raver story from, from the days? Oh, man. I don't even... I remember... Crazy drives home or... Oh, okay. Times. Here you go. Yeah. Here you go. I'll put myself on blast. Sorry, Dad, if you hear this. Uh, <laughs> it was the 515, I want to say 2012, maybe. It was uh, the year uh, they threw that... Uh, Jimmy and Staff and everybody threw that after party in that town like 20 minutes out of the morning. Oh, yeah, was that three with yeah, the, the, yeah, the three-room party. Right. And just to clarify for people who don't know, 515 is like the biggest, uh, yes, like street party in our capital of Iowa, uh, Des Moines, and it happens every August. But just, just to give you a concept of this, so... Yeah. And he's... Iowa City, you were driving back to Iowa City? No, this was... I was living in... Sioux City at the oh, time, okay. or right by Sioux City, and I had this old Caprice Classic, like an 89 Caprice Classic piece of junk, and I could not find a ride to 515 for nothing, and so I decided to take this car that I was not supposed to take out of town from Sioux City to Des Moines, which is like two and a half hours, and I had one of my friends with me because they were going to throw down on gas and we made it almost to Omaha before we fucking overheated it the first time. Pulled over at this gas station, <laughs> waited for like two hours and put in like to, for it to cool off, filled it up again and then made it through Omaha and about halfway to Des Moines and then all of a sudden like I just heard like a pop and I had steam or smoke or whatever coming out all from everywhere <laughs> under my hood. And I pull over on the side of the road, and we find this rest stop. And I'm just like, we are fucked. We are totally fucked. It's about to get dark. Like, my phone was about to die. And, like, we were missing almost the whole day of 515. And we're sitting there, and I'm just, like, have no clue what to do because a hose had, like, basically disintegrated and, like, broken half. 
And so I did, my radiator wasn't like, was just spewing fluid everywhere and not cooling the engine. And I, I was about to surrender and call my dad and be like, I took the car and fucked up. And these dudes pull up in a semi with a truck behind them. They were like, they were hauling like, like a silo or some shit. And this dude, these guys like, you guys need some help or what? And I was like, dude, I need help so bad. (laughs) And these guys have every tool and hose and belt and everything on the planet. And they fucking patchwork my car back together. And we take off and it ran better than it had ever ran ever. (laughs) And we got there. We got to 515 at like 1030. And, And Jade, and we watched Jade Reed was playing the main stage. That's when they still had it down on the bridge. Oh, the yeah. techno stage was over by the skating rink, and we made it there for that. And then we made it to that after party, and that after party was a hoot, man. That was that. Yeah, was, yeah. And that was the weekend I the, moved I met, to Denver. I met I met Luke Hansen that weekend for the first time too. Shout out Luke Hansen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, cool, dude. Yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap things up and get your uh, mix on here. Uh, what? Do you have any upcoming gigs or shows or anything you want to plug? Oh, yeah, for sure. Not in Denver, unfortunately. The Denver Winter Showcase, uh, that's coming in March, I believe. Stay on the lookout for that. I'm playing most likely a warehouse party somewhere, opening for somebody way cooler than me, but it's going to be an awesome time. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, New Year's Eve, December 31st in Cedar Rapids, uh, Matt Rissy, Solar Cathedral, is hosting Panic Room. It's a warehouse party, all techno. Uh, 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, it's going to be a party. I'm headlining, playing from midnight to 2, I believe. Uh, so if you guys are in the area, check that shit out. Hell yeah, man. I wish we could be back for that one. I think we actually got actually got booked to play a, a show out here, too. Hell yeah. So forward to that. <laughs> uh, where can people uh, find you online? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, SoundCloud.com slash Mike WLKR. And facebook.com slash Mike WLKR music. Uh, I'm also, you can look me up uh, on Pandora, Spotify, uh, all that shit. Uh, I'm also on Beatport if you want to pay for it. If not, just hit me up and I'll give it to you for free. Um, but yeah, yeah that's got so your, uh, your mix from 515 on there. Oh, that's SoundCloud? actually on Mixcloud. I think okay. it's mixcloud.com slash Mike WLKR or it might have music on the end. But you can search Mike WLKR. Which is Mike Walker. That's just how I spell it for clarity. Uh, but yeah, you can search out on Mixcloud and find my page. That'll have the 515 mix. Uh, my mix for uh, Coleman's last show in Iowa when Complicit played. Bunch of good stuff on there. As well as my all my podcasts are on there. For Excellent. Front left. Cool. So what can we expect from this set we're about to hear? Uh, I was originally going to play all original music. But now that I'm sitting here talking about it, getting a little nostalgic, I think I'm just going to kind of journey through everything and see what comes out here. Hell yeah, sounds good, man. Well, we'll throw this mix on, and thanks again, Mike, for uh, coming on the podcast, and uh, look forward to seeing your growth out here in Denver. Heck yeah, thanks for having me. Make things happen, and we prepare for together. uh, Right. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. It's good to be out here and be at at ground zero now. I can can get involved a little bit more. But yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's been great. Fuck yeah. All right, guys. Well, without further ado, here's Mike Walker.
Don't stop. 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 No Don't stop. 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 Don't stop.
That's all for this week's podcast, and that'll about wrap up 2015 for all of us. Looking forward to what 2016 will bring us, there is a lot cooking in the pot. Thanks again to Mike for coming on the podcast, and as always, thanks to everyone for listening and keeping up with the podcast. Looking forward to taking this thing to new levels in the coming year, and I hope you are too. Take care everybody, have a good new year, and may the force be with you.